Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have you company on this Thursday afternoon, just gone midday Eastern. That, of course, is time for the call where we analyse 10 stocks that you sent through to us and suggested we have a deeper look at and, and give you a view on. And we put it to our expert panel, which is today made up of Nathan Thomas and Darren from Deep Data Analytics. Nathan, good to see you. Nice to see you. Uh, and also Carl Kapolinga from uh, Stick Markets is with us. Carl, welcome back to the call from, uh, from beautiful Perth. Uh, still in lockdown and no AFL grand final. No, very disappointing. Good afternoon, David. Good afternoon, uh, Matham. And David, well done on those surnames. How about that? For, <laughs> for a pair. <laughs> um, Mark McGowan, uh, pretty annoyed with the AFL. Gave him a, a, a bit of a smack around the head yesterday. Yeah, well, I, look, I was, um, I'm, I'm not on, uh, big on Facebook, but my wife is. And uh, there were thousands and thousands of comments of West Australians in support of the decision. So, uh, look, WA thumbing their noses at the rest of Australia. Who, who needs the grand final, eh? Hey? Once in a lifetime <laughs> opportunity, who cares? I thought I thought you were going to say, who needs the rest <coughs> of Australia? Yeah, oh, no, well, hey, we yeah, succession is always an option, isn't it? We've got all the iron ore, so, that, you know, we're, we'll be fine. <laughs> oh, that iron mm. ore. Nathan, the way they're crying at the moment, wait until that, when that iron ore price drops down to 40 bucks again, that'll be a different story. <laughs> Yeah, well, you get the free kicks and uh, sometimes they work against you. Yeah, exactly. All right, great to have you both on, uh, on the panel today. Let's start uh, analysing some stocks now. And a stock that's been in the, um, in the portfolio for a while um, has been PointsBet um, uh, in, the, um, uh, in the calls portfolio. PointsBet, of course, um, is, the, is the gaming, online gaming business. Um, a technology platform just did a deal with with NBC to do the NBA and, and the betting there. Um, really interesting um, what's happening and, and managing director of the group uh, and chief executive Sam Swanell um, has outlined a capital raising about $300 million, said the raise will position the company for the future. He spoke in particular of PointsBet's future as that official sports betting partner of NBC Sports in the United States. Um, Carl, what do you think of PointsBet? It's a stock that we've liked uh, for a while. I think markets have put a, a buy note out on, out on it on the 12th of August. Um, there was about 6.40, I think it was at the time. So uh, more than double since then. Uh, I'm not gonna take, uh, you know, look, I'll take credit for it, but I, I certainly didn't predict uh, the magnitude of, of the deal that they did uh, there with NBC. Uh, and it is it is significant, and it is uh, potentially a um, a game changer or a company maker, if you will. Um, it just gives them uh, you know access like they uh, you know like they've never had. So um, pretty pretty positive on the news. Uh, just in terms of um, 
you know, the share price now, that, that's a tricky one. So um, I haven't updated that, uh, that recommendation. I think I'd be happy for clients to, to hang on to their shares at this stage. I'm, I'm sure some of them would have taken some profits. I don't think you want to be all out of the, 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 the stock right now, just simply because of, um, I think, the opportunity that they have going forwards. Um, if you're not in it, well, that's, uh, that makes things exponentially more difficult because uh, if you're going to get into it, I think you need to find the right place to do so. Um, I don't think it's at these levels. Um, I, I, I think there's going to be, a, a, you know, there's scope for a bit of a pullback from here and um, it's probably more like a, 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 you know, an 11 or a 12 um, where, where I think you're starting to, to, to be able to pick it back up again uh, at, a, at a reasonable price. So it's, it's, a, it's a very tricky one. I'm sure Nathan's uh, got some some insights into more insights into the deal, but mm. just strictly from the technicals, um, I'd like to buy it. I just don't want to buy it at these prices. Right. Yep. And uh, if you're in it and you've had the rise up, take some profits. You've always got to bank your profits at some stage, as the buy now pay later um, shareholders <laughs> would have experienced over the last couple of days. Although they have started to, to stabilise and bounce back a little bit. Um, Nathan, what do you reckon of points back? Oh, look, I, th- I don't think it was a, a, I have to say, it wasn't a surprise that they've yeah. done well since the lockdown uh, pullback. Um, most of the fundies who were in it were very positive. The, 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 I guess you're trying to look at where the op- opportunities are for them. And they've had a lot of opportunities, especially in the US. Yeah. Um, so not surprised that the, the deal they've done. Uh, interesting, though, when they announced on Friday, it's a pre-announced cap raising. So they've talked about the cap raising on yeah. Friday. Yeah. Stock basically doubled. Yeah. Uh, so you've, you've basically gone from a 900 mil market cap to a 1.8 bill right. uh, odd uh, from memory and they are raising about 300, 400 mil. Yep. So originally that would have been a third of the market cap. Yep. Finally, it's now not a third of the market cap. <laughs> uh, it's a sixth of the market cap. So the existing shareholders really took the upside into the share price on Friday. Um, so you're coming in late to the game. Um, Look, this is done, what, from $2 to where it is now. So you've got a fair bit in the price. This is not going to make a profit for a while. You're buying a growth story. Now, you've been in the period where growth stocks are priced for what it is, and this has been in that cycle. So it's a good business, great macro, everything's worked for it. Will that be continuing in the next few years? I'd say it's going to get harder as it goes from here. Once you've become this big, you've got to hit a lot more bigger goals to get there. You've got to deliver on that multiple. Exactly. So you've got to start taking profit gradually. Um, Look, you know, you back your winners and you keep going. So keep a poor part of it. I'd probably take half off the table and see how it goes. If it comes back a couple of bucks, I'm getting out. Right. Because you've made your money. If you're there, you made your money. And right now, I doubt anyone new is going to jump in at this price. So you have to think of the new guy coming in. What are you offering him? Well, the share price has run far, far above where it has been. So it's going to be hard for the new guy to come in and buy it unless it's a discount. So right. don't get greedy. Leave some on the table for the next guy to get out. Right. Okay. All right. Good advice there on, on points, but let's start getting into your uh, top 10 stocks that you've suggested we take a look at. And Nathan Lexi wants a view on the resources giant Rio Tinto, um, a bag full of different Resources, hazard and commodities, yeah. big focus on iron ore. It's a massive focus on iron ore. Uh, yeah. Look, these guys are being managed as well as they have ever been. Mind you, historically, they've been pretty bad. Right. Uh, so the, the miners are actually doing a really good job overall. And the big two are doing, I mean, you put FMG in there, the tr- big three are doing as well as they've ever been. Yeah. Uh, so they are doing well. They should be holding up quite well. 
we actually had all the miners, well, BHP and Rio in our models. Uh, we took Rio out recently, um, ah. simply because you're now sitting on a fair bit of outperformance and it's predominantly held up by um, iron ore. And iron ore hits 130. I, I just struggle to see the upside because at some point, Bali is gonna fix itself. Um, and also, you've got this currency play going where where the Aussie dollar is going up quite a bit. So the cost mm -hmm. structure for Rio and BHP is going to get harder and harder right. relative to someone like Vale. So I we should point out, but if, you, if you don't know Vale, it, it is the world's biggest iron ore mine, isn't it? In Brazil that's, that's had right. production disrupted because of COVID for quite a while. Exactly. And their currency that they're playing in, Brazilian real, is basically in the crackpot. Right. So okay. in that context, you've got one currency running up, one currency at the bottom. So they've got a competitive advantage as well. Right. So you don't want to be holding iron ore at this point of the cycle. I think you've done well if you got in. I would be taking one off the table. For me, I prefer BHP in that trade simply because they've got underperforming energy part of it, which right. should at some point come good. Right. Where Rio's dominant iron ore and a bit of copper and the copper play you get through BHP as well. So you get what you get in Rio and you get a bit more with BHP. Okay. So in that context, we've taken out Rio and kept BHP and see how the things play out. So I would be taking, you know, if you've been in there, I'd be taking some profit off the table now on right. Rio. Okay, all right. Carl, uh, what's your view on Rio? Yeah, look, I, I like Rio. I think I think you want to own it, and I think you want to have it in your portfolio. Um, and I'm not just saying that because being from WA, Rio employs half the state. <laughs> yeah, over yeah, here. sure. <laughs> we believe you. Look at a straight in the eye. Very subtle. Uh, yeah, yeah, very subtle. <laughs> I'm looking. Right. I'm, I'm looking at my. I'm looking at my notes. Uh, that's what I'm looking at. Straight in the eye. But um, uh, interesting. Um, Nathan mentioned the Australian dollar, and I think that is going to um, have a material impact on earnings. And I'll I'll, I'll come back to how much. In a, in a second, because they've, they've factored in um, about 67 cents in their uh, in their forward estimates, so Rio Tinto from their um, last report. Um, so obviously we're around about 73 and potentially going higher. Now each one cent move up in the Australian dollar is worth uh, about US $540 million to the bottom line. Wow. Uh, so that is not, in, not in, insignificant. Um, having said that, um, uh, an increase of 10% in the iron ore price is worth about 2 billion US. Uh, now they factored in about $85 US a ton for uh, iron ore. We're, we're we're now in the you know nicely in the mid 120s. Um, so you would think that the impact, uh, the positive impact from the iron ore price change, uh, would more than compensate for the drag from the Australian dollar. I think that's the that's the theme here uh, for these miners. Look, they are a bit of an option on the iron ore price at this stage because they are so exposed. I'm, I'm talking about BHP as well, of course, and uh, and, and also Fortescue. You can't forget uh, Fortescue in that in that mix. Um, so with uh, with a lot of the estimates from their um, full year results and, and half year results, uh, whichever they happen to just report, um, at around eighty five dollars US, there is so much upside there if if these prices can can sustain around the current levels. And you know we we're in you, you kind of forget, but we're already in September. So we we've had July, we've had August, and I don't see annual prices um, going back to eighty five dollars by the end of September. So you know we're already three months in, a quarter in. Of prices being at those elevated levels, so the longer um, prices stay elevated, uh, the, the you know the, the, there's going to be a substantial impact in their in their next round of results, and I, I, and that's why I, that's the case for uh, underpinning why I think you want to you still want to own them. Um, add to that, of course, uh, you know not a lot of great dividend yields going around uh, at the moment on the ASX and uh, and you know Rio BHP and Fortescue certainly uh, have some some pretty pretty good yields. Um, looking at at the charts. 
Um, you know, it's not shooting the lights out, Rio Tinto, but it's a solid, it's a solid uptrend um, that I think um, should 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 maintain itself. You know, in the in the medium term. So, you know, it's, it's I'm happy to own it around these levels. Okay. So happy to happy to buy at this ninety eight dollar level. Yep, around here I think is is still a good place to be in. Okay, all right. Um, just out of interest, if you had BHP, Rio, or Fortescue, uh, Carl, if you had to choose one, what would it be? Yeah, that's that's tough again. Uh, being from WA, you've got to have all three. <laughs> but, uh, I knew you were no, going to pull uh, that. It's it's still uh, it's still Fortescue for me. I still think that's the key pick. Right. Um, it's just like I said, it's that option on the iron ore price, and it, it is so well run at the moment. Yeah. Oh, BHP, hands down. Right. Okay. All right. It, it's the best diversified uh, tier one asset global play. Right. Um, they've got few that haven't performed, yeah. where others uh, are be- betting on things keeping as it is. So. Yeah. It's a better risk mitigation. And as you say, these big miners are being so well run at the moment. It's well, just fabulous. As Carl said, he's looking at the dividend from the um, yeah. miners when people are not looking at the dividends from the banks. Yeah. See how things have changed. Incredible. Yeah. All right, uh, Carl, Jeff wants a view on REA Group, the uh, big online uh, property real estate uh, digital platform. Yeah, um, look, I think this one looks looks really good. We have had a buy note out on this for a little while. Um, it's been doing pretty well. The trend looks fantastic. So just looking at the chart first, um, you know, it's got a long-term uptrend. Um, so I use uh, a couple of uh, moving averages for the viewers. I'll, I'll give you, I'll sell you my, uh, give you my secret sauce here. So uh, it's a 144-period exponential moving average and a, and a 233-period exponential moving average. Um, why those those numbers? Maybe uh, maybe that's a conversation for a different day. But they they just give you a really good um, sort of 18 months to two year view of, of what the trend is doing, okay. um, and they're heading up nice and strong. And then I use a couple of shorter term moving averages, so the 21 and the 34, about four and six weeks to see how the short term trend's going. And uh, they you know they're all pointing uh, in in the right direction, telling us that that underlying momentum for the shorter swing traders and the longer term uh, you know investment traders. Uh, are both heading in the direction. When you get that coincidence of once from your shorter term traders and your longer term investors, it's usually a pretty good mix for, for continued share price appreciation. So a uh, really solid underlying trend. I can't see anything uh, in the trends at this stage to tell me that uh, real estate can't continue to go up. Looking at the fundamentals, you know, it, it is a, a really well-run uh, company. It, it really got through um, COVID relatively unscathed, you know, you know single digit sort of declines in um, in underlying numbers there, which I think is really impressive. Obviously, you know, they've been really quick to adapt with uh, virtual um, uh, house openings and things like that. So um, a pretty pretty neat ability to be able to adapt, um, you know, ultimately being a technology company. So, um, yeah, look, I, I think obviously with, uh, with interest rates, you know, continuing to be low for a longer period of time, once we get through this initial phase of of, of shutdowns uh, and then back into reopenings. You know, I can't see the property market slowing down anytime soon. I think we're sowing the seeds for, for the next boom, uh, hopefully in Perth, but also a continued boom over on the East Coast as well. So mm. I'd be happy to uh, to hold it if I had it. I'd be happy to buy it around here as well. Okay. Nathan, uh, REA? You know me, I, I, I like to argue <laughs> over everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I think REA is one of the great businesses. Yep. I think it's a phenomenally well set up business. It's a great tech. Um, management is very highly regarded is just in the wrong cycle. Um, They have a number of levers to pull. Um, Their dominant customer is developers. So they have a lot of apartments on the market and these guys have to keep it going. My problem is a lot of developers are going to get into trouble over the next couple of years. Uh, Inevitably, there's an oversupply. 
Um, we're already seeing unemployment in double digit. It's probably going to get somewhere between 15 to 20 percent uh, in real terms. Um, so it's not even an issue. We have a recession. It's just yeah. a delayed recession. So we're going to have that over the next couple of years. I think the last, remember the last time we had the recession in Australia was in the 90s. Um, the government and central banks are throwing a lot of cash at it. You, it's, it's a bit like, the thing with stimulus is it's like a painkiller. You won't feel the pain, but the pain is still doing damage to your body. Yeah. So the recession is still doing damage to the economy. Yep. It's just delayed. You're not feeling it right now, but it'll hit you. Yeah. So it's going to hit you. And if you look at the 90s lesson uh, and most other countries, it takes two, three, four years. My guess is you're going to see it for three to four years, weak uh, property prices, yeah. and that'll be everywhere. Um, REA will struggle. The multiples are very high. Uh, but it's because they are so good at managing their margins and pulling levers. Am I going to, your price for perfection here, for what it is, and they are good, but it's just, you're just swimming against the tide. It's just too hard. Right. The same problem I find for Seek. Car sales have probably got a bit more ups positive because government is so bad at managing transport, everyone wants to drive their own car, so there's yep. a bit of upside there. But Seek is unemployment, REA's property prices. They're going to struggle in a recession. So. Yep. I just think it's too hard. Yeah, it's the two areas that, that traditionally history tells us in a slow down. And get remember, these guys are global. Sure, yeah. there's a few countries that can do well, yeah. but most of those emerging markets are going to have tough four to five years easily. Yeah. Okay. All right. David, uh, David, thank you for that David, suggestion, David. Jeff. Now, James Maitham wants a view on AMA Group. Um, they're in in that car mm. uh, market. Focuses on wholesale wholesale vehicle aftercare. They call it so it's all the parts and um and and basically panel beaters aren't they um that and yeah, a roll up of them exactly um they're good good operators um yeah. tough market i mean eclipse i think came out today and said their car leasing side is 70 to 80 percent up and running so oh. things are improving in that area these guys should do okay they've had a bounce off the lows i think they're priced well, I mean, if you're holding it, I'm happy to hold it, yeah. but I'm not going to go jump in and buy it because I think they're still risky. Consumer sentiment's going to struggle. Um, I think consumers are not going to go out and make big ticket items or spend a lot of money to fix things. Yeah. They'll try and put up with broken stuff for a bit longer. Yeah. Um, so in that macro environment, it's not going to be easy, but they are cheap enough that they should do okay. Um, and also a lot of these you know, growth by acquisition play works well when you've got high multiples and you've got growth rates. Yeah. Well, you don't have that. So, and also it's about cost cutting. Most of these things that they're potentially going to acquire will already be running at very low cost. I mean, you know, you're not paying salary for a start, JobKeeper. Yeah. So in those kind of things, as they wind off, it'll get harder. So I don't think that stacks up quite well. So I think it's not a bad business. If you're there, I would hold it, but I wouldn't be jumping in. Okay. Carl, AMA Group. Uh, yes, look, um, I'll just get back to REA if I can just for one second. I agree, it's, it is absolutely priced for perfection. So it's definitely not a cheap stock. Um, but, I, uh, but I reiterate what I said about, about the trends from a technical perspective. And, and that's what I focus on more than the fundamentals. That's my style. Um, the other thing is, um, Nathan mentioned uh, car sales, and that is my preferred pick in the sector. So just uh, uh, clarifying those. On, on AMA, um, yeah, this it's not, uh, look, it, it was growing, going great before COVID. So these guys do um, smash repairs. Uh, and when uh, people are off the roads, clearly there's not enough smashes uh, to keep them going. And they, and they were traveling pretty well 
um, for the first uh, three quarters and then absolutely blown away in that fourth quarter. Uh, look, it was it's a company that's consistently grown its earnings. Um, it's done all those things right. It just doesn't look particularly cheap uh, at the current level. Um, it doesn't have any sort of X factor in terms of uh, a great new technology that uh, uh, you know could justify those higher multiples uh, at, at this stage. So uh, from a fund fundamental perspective, it doesn't have those sort of key things that I look at that excite me. Uh, and, the, and the technicals kind of match up with that. So uh, I mentioned uh, those long-term uptrends on uh, REA before, this one's showing a long-term downtrend. So um, over a longer period of time, um, as it's tried to rally, investors have sold into those rallies and the prices uh, have obviously fallen. Um, in the short term, it's starting to pick up. So it's starting to come off those COVID lows, um, again, matching those fundamentals, but there's nothing really exciting me in the technicals to say that, hey, look, you know, th those issues are behind us, and we're going to return to some of that uh, profit growth that we saw pre pre COVID. Um, so look, I, I wouldn't be buying it from here if I owned it. Uh, it's probably a stretch to say I'd hang on to it because I think there are better opportunities out there. So I'm not particularly positive on AMA just at this stage. Okay. All right, James, there you go. That's the view on AMA. Um, Carl, uh, speaking of technology um, uh, and, and exciting you, Roy wants a view on FBR. Now, I must admit, I'd never heard of FBR until I looked it up. Um, it designs, develops and builds uh, robots uh, for the global market, um, designed to work outdoors and it's things like that. Robotic bricklayer. Ro a robotic yep. bricklayer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, do, what do you think of FBR? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a fascinating uh, company, Perth-based company, if I'm not mistaken, so um, gets a tick automatically there, but um, <laughs> it's, it's... It's a buy. It's a, it's a, it's a, well, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't uh, come up with a Perth flag behind it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Or you've got a relative working for it. <laughs> well, you've, we've got the call portfolio. That's that's new, so might, we might have to start the Perth portfolio. Um, yeah. It's a fascinating, fascinating business. Um, but if you go back to its IPO in the early 2000s and, you know, and then add back for all of its uh, capital raisings, et cetera, et cetera, it started out at $24 and it's now at six and a half cents. So um, it kind of tells you that um, shareholders haven't done too well up to this point. Uh, they're still very much in the prototype stage. Um, you know, you can go on YouTube. Uh, on, you did you say it was twenty-four dollars yes. no, in the early two thousand six cents? Yeah, because the chart will show that. But in reality, it was a mining stock before. Oh. It was a backdoor listing that it came in. All oh, right. I was in the mining stock and <laughs> I got this. So oh, okay. that's why I know about oh, okay. this one. Yeah. All right, all right. Matham still feels the pain <laughs> of of FBR by the sound of it, Carl. And okay. and it well, looks pretty liquid as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, um, it's a, it's not that small, 135 million market cap. So it's look, it's uh, I didn't know about the the backdoor listing. Um, I recommend people if they're interested in it, get on uh, YouTube and watch some of the videos. It's quite amazing to see yeah. this machine uh, lay bricks. Look, the problem mm -hmm. with it for me is that it's losing about 10 million dollars a year. It's been doing consistently for a period of time, uh, and that's because it is it is so cost intensive at this point in time. And until they start to actually uh, I mean, they're at the prototype stage. So commercialization yep. and cash flow is a long, long, long way away. So this is really, um, you have to know the story. You have to believe in the story uh, to, to, to want to be involved in it. Uh, and I think that pretty much sums it up. Uh, looking at the chart, there's some activity. There's something going on there. Uh, there's some, there's a, it has a pulse. 
but not not enough of a pulse to get me interested because yeah you know look I, I I do follow the charts I do follow the charts but at the end of the day it's still whatever I get get into or recommend my clients get into it it's got to make some sense from the fundamental perspective and I I, I just can't do it at this stage I'm sorry okay. All right, Nathan. Yeah, oh, look, it's... Yeah, so, as I said, are you going to tell the old war story? Yeah, no, no, actually, it, it wasn't too bad because I was picking a, a, a really broken up mining stock that was going through restructure. So there was something happening and there was management getting involved and I knew something was playing out. So right. I jumped in and then suddenly it turned out to be a tech stock right. um, in fast break. <laughs> um, they basically ha- can build a whole house in like matter of, I think, week. Right. Uh, or even a few days. So that, that's how fast they can do the whole process. They've got specialized bricks so that the robot can lay through pretty quickly. So right. imagine you're trying to build massive walls, big structures. Right. Yeah. These things can do it really fast and really efficiently. Now, again, as Carl said, it's early stage. They're trying to prove the concept. They've got a few uh, collaborations going. Um, so in context, they are doing a bit better, but this will burn cash. You're there for the, it's, it's like a classic tech stock very early in right. the stage. They got to prove, then they have to get the prototype. They got to get that, um, you know, commercialized. Get a few people using it, and they got to do the sales pitch, and then that starts the revenue model. So there's, it's going to take time. Right. So if you're there to make PL over the next year, well, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So it's interesting, um, but it'll take a long time. I, I kind of knew it'll take too long. So when it had the initial burst, everyone got excited. I got out. Right. Um, I, I think it's going to take a bit of time. If you're one of those people who are willing to put a bit of money, high risk, and wait for years for it to turn around, okay. it's a play. Otherwise, it's just too hard. All right. Okay. Um, but really interesting. Oh, look, it's, oh, look, look, as Carl said, YouTube it, have a look. It looks cool. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's, <laughs> when I look at those tech kind of stories, you know, some guy sat there and thought about this and came up with it and then actually had to build it, get it done and all of that. Yeah. So you look at it and go, Jeez, that's that's a smart guy. So yeah. it's 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 interesting. I think there is a play for it. It's the question of how they yeah. get to it in time. They've got to get Meriton or yeah. somebody like that to yeah. adopt it and say we're going to start. They, sh- they using should do it. A, they should do a deal with Donald Trump to build a wall. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be the best thing under the sun. It'll be the greatest thing. Or Mark McGowan is probably that's thinking right, of doing that. Wall around Perth. A, a wall, yeah. wall up the uh, the <laughs> WA border. Absolutely, yeah. Sooner, sooner the better. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Carl, Peter wants a view on EML payments. Of course, this is the uh, um, uh, a fintech that is in um, uh, that gift card business and, and storing money on cards and, and rewards as well. Um, it's sort of got the technology not only in Australia, but also North America and, and Europe. Um, has it got into buy now, pay later? Um, well, they could. Maybe. It doesn't could. take too long. <laughs> Carl, what do you think of EML payments? They're an interesting fintech, aren't they? Yeah, no, look, certainly are. Uh, not in uh, buy now, pay later yet. Uh, no, well, not not to say that they've made any indications that they're, they're, they're going that way. I think they're, they're going to stick to their, their knitting, and their knitting's pretty good. You know, they're, they're, they're very good at it and, uh, you know, a world uh, leader in that space. Um, a very well-run company. Look, they continue to grow earnings um, at sort of uh, high teens, depending on which year you look at it. Um, no reason why that can't continue. Um, you know, technology-based, so COVID shouldn't be too much of an issue, um, apart from you know potentially a slowdown, a slowdown in eco- economic growth. Obviously, you know that, that that's that's a given. Um, but uh, yeah, look, uh, from, I couldn't really fault it on the fundamentals. Um, just, uh, just again, not exactly cheap. 
Um, but the growth, I think, um, supports the, the investment thesis there. Looking at the, the, the technicals, not particularly exciting. I talked about those um, long-term and short-term trends before. They're, they're completely flat. Uh, you can't get any flatter than the trends on e, uh, EML at the moment. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's been building a really nice base of support around the $3 level. So every time it comes down to support at $3, it gets picked up. So it looks like somebody's just slowly accumulating the stock down there. And I think the key here is you don't want to, um, uh, you know, that it, it's possible that it breaks through support. You know, they, they've got it wrong and, and the sellers win. So I don't think you just want to jump in on the basis of it's building support at three. I think you want to see a little bit of positive momentum first. It tells you that the supply that's been holding it down is dissipating and the people that were waiting to buy it at three, well, they're running out of opportunities to buy it at three and then they might start to chase it higher. And well, they are chasing it higher, aren't they? Because the price is, is turning up. So if it moves through that 350 level, I think it's starting to look really interesting. Until then, it's just a wait and watch. But a well-run uh, company. Uh, Martin? Yeah, look, this is one of those um, former market darlings in the tech yep. player. So you had Promodicus, um, Jumbo Interactive, and E-Merchant slash EML yep. Payments. They were the three market darlings, have had huge runs. Yeah. EMS, it's an interesting one. It went to ridiculous multiples, all three did, and then they all, all three fell apart, and they've recovered. Uh, I like it uh, for the right multiple. I think it's not too bad here. Uh, Carl's right, I mean, it, it does provide cards. Yeah. It, it wouldn't take too much of a, uh, you know, there's no huge technological advancement they need to do to go to buy now, pay later. Yeah. It can be pretty easy. I think they can do a lot of things. Uh, it's it's uh, the underlying, Technology can be used in different different areas, and they've they're in a lot of areas, different regions. So they they have ability to grow is quite good. Yep. So I like them. Um, I, look, I think it's around a good price. Uh, Carl's right. My guess is there'll be a few fundies who are real believers, and there's a few who are real doubters. Right. So the believers are accumulating the stock. This is a consolidation phase. It hasn't fallen apart. I don't think the multiples are too high, so I don't think it's going to get smashed in the pullback you know, when that does play out. I think emergence is one of them, your EML payments is one of them that I would back here. I think the risk return is worth it. Right. I think this, this stock can move uh, and it's got the right technology and it's in enough places and enough growth aspects that it can deliver. And the management's pretty good, they've done well. Right. I mean, they've been hit by macro things that they can't control. Yeah. I mean, they're not God. Uh, yeah. So you get hit by these things, but at the end of the day, I think it's got the pieces, so I'd back it. Okay, all right, so a buy at these levels for you. Okay, all right, let's um, just recap the uh, the first five stocks that we've been through, uh, including our stock of the day. Points bet has a massive run-up. Uh, make them reckons sell half um, and take the profits. Um, uh, Carl was saying don't buy at these levels if it gets down below $11 or around that $11 mark and consolidates there. Uh, might look okay. Um, in terms of uh, Rio, uh, a yes from Carl. Uh, Mason prefers uh, BHP. Um, in REA Group, um, a no from um, from Mason and uh, Carl likes ERA. Uh, AMA Group comes with a, a no and a hold. If you're in it, yep, hold on for it, but it, it's not going anywhere too fast. FBR a no, but a really interesting business, and uh, EML, uh, a yes from Carl, uh, from Mathan, and a no from Carl. Now, um, don't forget our call portfolio as well. Um, every time a stock gets two ticks from our experts, um, it goes into our portfolio, we monitor it. If it comes up again and does not get 
uh, a unanimous yes, like EML payments. Uh, Carl, you've actually pushed EML payments out of the calls portfolio. Uh, but, look, I don't mind but, it. <laughs> but that's good. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, uh, look, I, I, I just think you want that confirmation. No, no, no we're not, we're not blaming you. Don't get, <laughs> don't get defensive <laughs> about it because that, that, that's, what, that's what we like. That's the reason yeah. we have this little portfolio because we've got to constantly keep, uh, keep understanding your stocks yeah. um, and opinions change all the time. So it's a good thing. We yes. like them coming in and out, Carl, that's for sure. Um, and we've been yeah. tracking our portfolio since uh, the 1st of July. So let's take a look at how it's performing. Uh, on a weekly basis, it's down 0.08%. Uh, uh, for the month, it's up uh, five and three quarter percent. And uh, since July one, it's up ten and a quarter percent. The portfolio. And uh, take a look at some of the stocks uh, we've added recently from our panel. Uh, Downer EDI came on yesterday. Uh, Telstra Zero, Cleanaway Brickwork, Brickworks have been added. Um, EML has dropped off as has Auckland International Airport. Now you can check all of the stocks that we have in the calls portfolio. Head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. We'll update it each day. Now uh, joining me later on the pulse here at Osbiz is uh, Federal Senator Andrew Bragg. Um, he's to hand down his report and recommendations for the fintech industry. Um, that is at 1.30 Eastern here on Ausbiz and quite a few interesting recommendations so far in the interim. All right, uh, let's get into the uh, second half of the call, our six stock. Um, Carl Stephan wants a view on Viva Leisure. This is basically um, a whole bunch of health clubs, um, gyms, uh, big box fit fitness facilities throughout uh, the Australian uh, ACT and also New South Wales. Um, Club Lime is one of their brands. Um, Carl, what do you think of Viva? Uh, yeah, we talked about uh, AMA getting smashed up by COVID. Uh, these guys were, you know, decimated. So if you look at um, their full year report, they were showing uh, the months they were tracking along pre-COVID. Obviously, you know, fitness and gyms, they, they were um, compulsorily that's the word shut down uh, and and then their, their revenue literally goes to zero and, and activity goes to zero for a few months and then it, it's picked up since then uh, and we're seeing uh, they actually put in July and August uh, which I think was quite clever um, to put them to put that in and showing that pretty much back to pre-COVID levels so I, I think if you're going to invest in this you, you need to be of the belief that COVID is behind us okay and that uh, the impact from, uh, therefore, the, the impact from COVID uh, in front of us is going to be uh, extremely negligible. I think you're a brave person to, to think that's the case. Um, taking COVID out of it, yeah, look, they were doing really, really well. So it's a shame it's happened uh, for, for shareholders. Um, having said that, the, you know, the prices bounced back really well and it is actually nudging those pre-COVID highs. Um, so it, it appears the market is looking past COVID. Um, so like I said, you just have to... Um, adjust your expectations. So, so if, if you if you believe that, then um, believe in what I'm about to talk about in the technicals. If you don't believe that, then stay away from the stock. The technicals look really good. Long-term trend is up. Short-term trend has just turned uh, back up. Um, it's recovering well from those post-COVID lows. It's nudging those highs. It looks like it can break through. Uh, I'm happy to be a buyer around about this this level here, sort of 270, 280. Um, yeah, so so it's it's a tricky one from that perspective. You know, how do you marry your expectations with, I guess, what the chart's doing and what the markets is saying about the stock? 
So, so what do you think? Going to buy it at this oh, level or not? Put it, put it, yeah, yeah, look, I'm happy yep. to buy here. I think uh, okay. around about two, two. It's around about two seventy at the moment. So that that level, I think, is, is the right. entry price. Nathan, be careful. Um, <laughs> Viva Leisure sells themselves as a tech tech business. Right. So they are a data tech. They collect data on people going to the gym. Yep. It's an acquisition growth story. Yep. Um, so they have to keep acquiring. So they'll keep raising money. Um, it works till it doesn't work. Um, Acquisition stories are good when growth stocks are getting the multiple. We're probably at the peak of that globally for growth yeah. stocks. So as that winds down, um, it, these things will get tougher. Um, the, the, tri- the thing with the gyms plays, I think you're going to have a lot more cost associated to running gyms than what it used to be. Yeah. And you're going to have less people that can go at any given time. All of these things will weigh on their outlook. Yep. Um, it's early in their growth story. It's had a really good bounce. My guess is existing shareholders have been buying to get the price up. It's a very liquid stock. Right. Um, I would not be chasing. If you're looking for that kind of a sports tech yep. uh, data type uh, exposure, I'd look at Catapult, C-A-T, right. Cat. Um, they do uh, data analytics uh, in number of sports and they're doing well. And they've taken yep. theirs globally. And so in a way, I would say that's probably got a much better aspect to growth. I'd be a bit careful in Viva Leisure. I think yep. when, if it goes wrong, it can seriously go wrong. And the risk return, it just doesn't stack up around these levels. So I'm staying away from that. Okay, and prefer Catapult, which is uh, out of interest are the, uh, the big data players in, in the AFL. Uh, you see the little bulge in the back of a player's Guernsey when they're, mm-hmm. they're playing a game, well that's usually a catapult tracker uh, that is monitoring everything to your high performance manager who sits on the bench and tracks every player to see when they get into the red zone, the burnout zone and bring them off for the interchange. It's very high tech uh, and catapult is uh, right up there with one of the best in the world. All right, um, Stefan, thank you for that question on on Viva Leisure. Um, Nathan, David wants a view on Beam Communications. They specialise in manufacturing and designing satellite communications, cellular, um, also terminals as well. Um, satellite communication for sort of EPOS mm. as well, isn't it? For, yeah, look, which is quite interesting. This is the best part about coming on the call. Um, you find stocks that you've never looked at before. Yeah. And this is one. I actually had to go and read about it and have a look through it. Satellite stocks have a history of blowing up, literally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, it's, it's a tough area. Um, you know, give them credit. They're, they're breaking even. They're actually making a profit, very small profit. But it's, yeah. again, it's a very small cap. Yeah. Um, they are doing relatively well given the macro is so tough. Yeah. Um, it's just, just hard. Uh, it's just the sector has not been one that, you know, delivers. You've got to really trust management to get into a stock like this because the macro is against it. Telcos don't do well. Communication not a great sector. The online guys murder it on the margins and the guy who provides the infrastructure basically struggles to survive. Right. Uh, so it's just a tough Because they're sort of a price taker, aren't they? Exactly. In, in and unless you've got a premium product that you can leverage, like think of the guy who makes the milk and, you know, struggling an A2 milk making billions. I mean, that right. just tells you. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just a tough play. It's an interesting stock. I didn't yeah. know about it. I like yeah. it. I'm going to keep it on my radar. Right. Uh, but it's small, illiquid. And in a tough sector, it's it's a tough one. Right. Okay. Carl, Beam Communication. 
Yeah, yes. Um, on, uh, sorry, I just want to get back to Catapult. That is my preferred pick as well. So we've had a, a buy note out on that since the ah. 14th of August, and I would stick with it. So, no, look, I, I reiterate what I said about um, Viva. I still like them, but I think Catapult is definitely the, the pick. Okay. So, All um, right. Well, that, that's interesting. Certainly lots of high-performance uh, coaches in the AFL will love you saying that because they all got in on the float because it's their mates oh, who yes. started it. So <laughs> they've got some uh, some good ambassadors for it. Um, what do you think okay, of Beam, so Carl? Beam, yeah. Look, I think Nathan's right. It's a, it's a very niche operator. Um, look, it, it, we talked about um, uh, FBR before. We talked about uh, the expenses that they have. Uh, they're still in the prototyping stage. Well, um, uh, beams, they're actually cash flow positive. So they're, they're still very much a R&D sort of company, um, but they actually have some some profits and some earnings. So um, that's that's a plus. Having said that, it is beyond a micro cap. So a, mar- a market capitalization of 11 million, um, it, it just, your, your, your risks go up exponentially when you're that small uh, and you're liquid. Um, so look, I, I just think, you know, again, we, we look, I love coming on these shows and I love learning about new companies. And I love um, talking about companies investors want to talk about. But having said that, you still, you know, you have to be strategic with your capital. You've got to find the best place to put it. Yep. And I just don't think little ones like this are, are the best way to go. Um, yeah, it's, it's too too early in, in, in this in the stage yep. for, for me. For being and that, that's a really good point you make for, for all investors, isn't it? There are lots of great stories out there. You've only got a limited amount to invest. It should only be you know, very maximum of 15 or 20 stocks. Um, and you've got, you've got to judge every stock against the 15 or 20 that you've got in there to say, am I going to make it easier and less complicated to make money out of those or this one? And, so, and sometimes they're just a bit too hard, aren't they? Yeah, well, look, you know, it's like picking your your, your fantasy team in in the in, AF, in the AFL, right? So, you know, you, you want, you've got 20, like you say, you've got maybe, you know, up to 20 players that you can have on your roster and you know you want to pick the best of the best the ones yep. that, are, that are picking up the, the right stats and you know are performing well and and when they're not you want to turf them out and put put the next one in so you have to be strategic you have to take it seriously uh, well at least you know i do and i think you should do so so this idea of yep. punting or seeing how we go with something I, I just don't believe in it um you know the points bet you know get on their platform and start uh, and start betting on the horses or whatever it is i think you know take this seriously and uh, not to say that Beam doesn't have something going there for it. I just don't think it's, it wouldn't be one of my top 20 anyway. Yep. And and sort of, if you know the business and you believe in it, well, and you know a lot about it, maybe put a little bit into it. Um, now, uh, Carl, Ollie wants uh, a view on Star Pharma. Um, basically a pharmaceutical business that tries to um, um, change your drug taking to a nasal spray rather than a pill. And interestingly, um, just this morning, was awarded a million dollars by the Australian Government's Medical Research Future Fund uh, to develop and co- commercialise a COVID-19 nasal spray. Uh, only came through about Remedy, th- yeah. three or four, four hours ago. Yeah. So it was selected as one of five participants to be funded. So uh, that's good for its credibility, is it? Yeah, look, I, look, I haven't haven't seen that one, um, but uh, it's slightly more recent to that. Obviously, they've got a deal to um, apply their their delivery technology to Resdemavir. I think I've said that right. So that's the um, the antiviral that's being um, used for uh, treatment of COVID. 
Um, yeah, look, you know, great technology. And what's great about the technology is that it can be applied to all of these um, different uses. So traditionally, uh, they, they were more um, focused around that sort of cancer treatment. Um, but COVID's given them this this great, um, or demonstrating to the world, this, this great ability, this flexibility um, with, the, with the product because it's essentially a delivery system. Um, so a very exciting company. Look, I, I really hope it does well and I hope um, it takes off. Um, you know, it's great that these companies are out there. In terms of an investment case, it's a bit tricky for me from here. Um, you know, I acknowledge the fact that um, the trends are turning up, but that's only because we've had a vertical move from $1.10 to nearly $2. So the stock almost doubling in price on that news that I, I spoke about before. So it just feels a bit hot for me, um, you know, a bit topical on that. Underlying business is, is still one of research development, a lot of costs, it, does, it doesn't make money. Having said that, they are trimming, there is some revenues there. So that, that's a great thing. And, and they are trimming those losses and potentially if all goes right, they should be um, cash flow positive uh, within the next 12 months. And that's usually the time you want to get involved in, in, in these sorts of stories, you know. So if it didn't, if it hadn't gone up a dollar ten like that, I might be more interested. But given that spike, I don't think I'm a buyer at these levels. Mm. Okay, Nathan, that, that's one hell of a spike, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Oh, I've followed this stock a, a long time. Um, this is a biotech. Uh, they make yeah. uh, they make their money from Viva Gel, uh, antibacterial. Um, and that's been rolled out globally, uh -huh. um, and it's it's a good revenue stream. It, it was in the early stages of that becoming a, a steady stream revenue right. play. Yep. So it's it's an interesting stock with that Viva Gel product below a dollar. It was a good play below a dollar because right. as the business started to get traction, uh, money started to roll in. This would have grinded up higher. Uh, when you buy biotech, and this is a biotech, you do not buy a biotech after the pump has happened. Right. You get in before, and when the pump happens, you, you it. give it to the next guy and walk right. away. I've been look, looking at biotechs for over a decade because they always need a lot of money because yep. they're developing new products. And so when a product gets to market, that is the most optimistic blue sky you're going to get. Yep. So you ride it as long as you can, and when it turns, get out of the bus. Right. Um, Staff Armour is right now pricing in way too much. Remdevir is a, this is a drug for COVID. Mind you, if you're a biotech, you've got to throw something with a COVID in it. Right. It's, yeah, the, it's exactly. the bingo word, right? Yeah, yeah. If you put something with a COVID in it, your stock's going to go 20, 30% in a day, yeah. if not 100%. Um, so in that context, they've done the right thing. Remdevir is being something that the Chinese tested, did not find it that effective. The Americans have tested, there's a number of people have tested. Yeah. It, 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 it's right, not a vaccine, is no, it? No, but it, it helps it, you improve while, right. once you're in the hospital. Yeah. I mean, the whole problem is we don't want to get to the hospital. So yeah. this has application, but it's not going to be the, the cure or anything vaccine. Right. But again, it kind of plays into it. And Staff Armour is very good at redeveloping themselves into different plays. Uh, and they've done this again. And so I think kudos to management. Once yeah. again, take advantage of the macro that's there. Um, I think it's not bad. If I was going to pick it up around a dollar, dollar twenty, I'm right. comfortable picking that up around where it is now. It's too much in that, and you do not buy a biotech after it's had a big run. So, right. um, look, it looks good, but don't get sucked in. Okay. <laughs> and a dollar, dollar eighty is a long way from a dollar ten. Yes. All right, uh, mate. The Ruby wants a um, a view on Somnamed. Uh, it's in um, basically so, it is yeah. Resmeds area is it yeah sort of it's, it's it's sleep look, disruption sleep apnea it's it's your really poor man's <laughs> resume right. um it's 
you apparatus you put in your mouth to help you breathe better and so forth. Right. They do a few so things. it doesn't go the full mask no, like ResMed no. does. Um, so in that context, look, there's always an issue with this one. Is the product as good as um, ResMed or is it ever going to be? And that's been the issue. Yeah. Um, it is getting a bit of traction. Um, things are improving. It is, again, classic biotech, yeah. but it hasn't had the big run. Um, so it's starting to get a bit of traction. Numbers are turning around. So yes, um, I think it looks interesting. Um, I'm a big fan of biotech sector. It's a bit like mining. Yeah. You know, they go for something, spend a lot of money, and if they hit gold, boom. Right. Uh, so you've got to be there when it's boring, and it's boring. And yeah. um, so I, I'm a, I wouldn't mind having a bit of money on Somnomed, but it's a high-risk play. Right. I wouldn't put a lot in it. Uh, but you know, if things start to go south and the market loses interest, I'd be jumping out. So you want right. to be able to, it's not very liquid, so don't put yeah. too much in it. Yeah. But I think it's interesting. The space okay. is so good and there's so many people putting so much money in it. If they actually deliver at some point, someone big is going to just take them out. So right. that's the upside. It is a, when companies talk about addressable market, which is yes. always, uh, always treat that with a lot of caution because yes. the numbers always look massive. But everyone sleeps <laughs> and everyone wants a good sleep, don't that they? Is exactly so, right. so it's big. So, so yes, but a punt. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a high risk punt. Right. It's, not, it's not your investment play. It's, right. it's one where if you have a little pot of money that you're playing in the high risk area, I'll yeah. put a bit in it. Okay. Uh, Carl, what do you think of Somnamed? Uh, well, I think we've got one for the for the, uh, the call portfolio here, David, because I like it. I think it's a buy, and I think I'm happy to buy it here. I would have, it's popped up a little bit today. I would have loved it at yesterday's prices, but hey, how many times have you said that? Um, uh, look, they're, they're really getting some traction. Um, great growth story. Um, you know, cash flow positive uh, this year and looking for their maiden net, pro uh, their first net profit after tax next year. So I mentioned before, that's the best time to get involved with these sorts of companies where they, you know, they're out of that, well, they're not so reliant on research development new products. They've got those underlying cash flows to support the business and that research going forward. Um, so I think it's very exciting from that perspective. The product, I think, is quite interesting. Um, it's it's very different from what ResMed's offering because it doesn't require uh, a mask and and a, and a power source. So it's a, sort of a, a something you put in your mouth and therefore you can take it uh, on the road, traveling, whatever it is. So um, it's it's very very unique in that in that respect. So. Uh, I think it's you know great technology, great product. Uh, it's a well-run business. They're doing all the right things. Uh, from a technical perspective, they're, they're starting to come out of a, a longer-term downtrend. So I don't always buy things like REA that are bottom left, top right. I do like to see things that have uh, that if they if they have gone down, put in that great base pattern. Any supply that's uh, overhang that that is that has been out there has been worked through by the market and the, and the, and the believers in the stock on the, on the on the fundamentals. If they match up with my thesis, uh, buying in, they're getting back in. Uh, and all the trends have started to turn positive again. So that's where I'm happy to get in. Okay. All right. When And you look at the sort of the five-year chart at one stage, it was up over $4. It's $1.78 now and look, it, coming back. It's where you go from hope. Uh, you know, uh, Nathan mentioned before, it's where you go from that hope with those biotechs um, to, yeah. to actually starting yeah. to convert now. And, and, and we're right. seeing, This is seeing, in the execution phase? In. Now, yep. it could be. And you know, I tend to wait for a bit of a, right. a road, you know, tide to hit the road and put some mileage before you jump on. This is at the early stage, so right. if it does work, it could be a decent mover. Okay, all right, Carl. Our, our final stock is uh, Kena Securities, and uh, as the name implies, because it's named after the PNG uh, currency, mm -hmm. um, it's a financial services provider. 
basically everything from uh, personal loans, money market operations, investment portfolio, all based in uh, Papua New Guinea. Yeah, look, I must admit I hadn't heard of this one until um, I got the email with the stocks we were going to look at. It's, it looks, it's very interesting. Um, you know, they're doing really well uh, from a from a results, a, you know, financial perspective. The company doesn't look expensive. I mean, it's trading on a PE of, of six or six and a half or something. So it's, it, it's, it doesn't look stretched from a valuation perspective, pays a dividend, um, all looks good. Uh, just looking at the chart again, you know, I have to marry the two together. And when you marry the two together, I think that's when the magic happens. And, and the chart's not really telling me that the market's that excited about this one right now. For whatever reason um long-term trends down doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon um short-term trends flat to down uh yes it's consolidating but hardly inspiring off those uh covid lows so um yeah i, I again I, I don't know enough about it to really give you a good comment on it so i will defer to the technicals and say therefore that uh, i'm not a buyer at these levels yep Keep it simple. yeah i've actually followed this stock um it's funky um because a couple of the brokers push it uh, for a number of years as the cheapest bank in our market. Yeah, right. went, What the hell? i got to look at this. And so I went and looked <laughs> it at is. it and it is interesting, but you have to remember banks sell themselves as a lot, but at the end of the day, they're just a proxy for the economy. Yeah. So you're buying a proxy into the PNG economy. Now, PNG is a, obviously a, a small nation, has a lot of upside, has a lot of sovereign risk. So yeah. things can go up and down like a yo-yo. Yeah. So you've got to be able to take that risk. Um, this trades at a, a low multiple for that reason. Um, so it is always cheap, uh, but it doesn't mean that it is actually cheap. Right. So that's where the risk return is. I think it's an interesting one, but I just have a negative view on the banking sector overall. Um, yeah. I think fintechs are coming and taking all the easy low hanging fruit. The banks are gonna have it tough. This is a basically a leverage play in the economy. I think all these smaller countries will see more fintechs come into them, yep. offer cheaper plays, and they'll get into trouble. So this is one, look, I will buy it when the overall thematic for the banks turn. At the moment, I think the banks are in a multi years of pain. Yep. Uh, they have been in and they're going into another few years of pain. Um, so in that context, I think you, one thing you don't wanna do is leverage on pain. And yep. this is a country which will have economic problems. The, the trick here is, and there is a trick, is what the Chinese money do. So oh, if yes. the Chinese money go into Asia PAC countries, there will be some countries that will align themselves with China. Yep. And some won't. Though if PNG does align themselves with China, there will be substantial amount of money thrown into that country and the economy will go pop. Yep. I'm from Sri Lanka and Chinese money has turned Sri Lanka pop. Yep. Right. So if that happens to PNG, buy this thing. Right. It'll okay. pop. If All not, right. don't buy so it. So it's a barometer, whereas the Australian banks are a barometer of Australia. This is the equivalent in New Guinea. Exactly. So okay. you're buying Chinese money. If they go in there, you buy this. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a good theme to follow with this particular one, that's for sure. All right. Uh, let's recap um, our last five stocks. Viva Leisure, um, a no from uh, Nathan, uh, a yes from Carl. Both of them prefer Catapult if you want to get into that, that health technology business. Uh, Beam Communications, no from both. Uh, Star Pharma, if you can get it for a dollar or a dollar twenty, uh, rather than dollar eighty at the moment, uh, that is your, your much uh, better bet there. Um, Somnamed, um, a yes uh, from both of them, underlining that it is a bit of a punt. 
So it will go into the calls portfolio, and that's good because you've got to have your core stocks, your defensive stocks, your growth stocks, and a small number of punts as well. And uh, they say that is a good one. Kena Securities, a no from both of them. Carl Kapalinga from Thick Markets, uh, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Enjoy Western Australia. Uh, you can go Thanks. and hug my granddaughter over there, um, and uh, and I'll kill you if you do. All right, <laughs> mate, good to see you. No worries. Thanks, David. Good on you, Carl. And Nathan from Deep Data Analytics. Always great to see you. And nice thank, to be. thank for being aboard uh, the call today. Uh, that's it uh, for today for the call. If you want to um, email um, any suggestions for us. Uh, of course, send it through the call at ausbiz.com.au, a Twitter handle if you want to send it through there at TV. A reminder where to find all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And um, we're about to take a very short break, but if you want to get the latest from our team straight into your inbox every afternoon, sign up for the COB that's the uh, daily roundup of all the news in business, finance and startups. Subscribe at osbiz.co slash join Scuddy and Nadine. We'll have it in your inbox by 5.30 Monday to Friday. And if you're looking for um, uh, some unusual investments or in that private equity area, tune in to the <coughs> Startup Daily Show every day between 2 and 3 p.m. They talk to uh, all the companies seeking capital and a lot of venture capitalists as well today. Heather Morrison, the founder of Disabled Sex Tech Handy, will be uh, on the program. That's only on Ausbiz, the Startup Daily show. Uh, Take a short break and after that, be back with more of Ausbiz. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.